It's a residency at the House of M's. This is Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. They're straight out of Akron, a couple of blokes who make a bloody big racket. They've sold millions of albums, they've toured relentlessly, and in doing so acquired a legion of fans worldwide. They're back with their 11th album, Dropout Boogie, and they're the Black Keys. I'm stoked to be talking to Pat Carney. Mate, welcome back to uh, to Triple M. Uh, you've got your, uh, your new album, your 11th album. Are you still getting excited when you release something new? Yeah. I mean, I always get excited, you know, trying to get, uh, see the fans' reaction, you know, even from the first record when we put something out in our first album 20 years ago, uh, I remember just kind of, you know, uh, going over to my dad's house because he had the internet. I, I did not in my apartment. And uh, looking at Amazon reviews, see if people like the record, you know. But yeah, it's exciting. Excellent. Now, um, I mean, you go into the studio, unlike a lot of bands who go in there, do a lot of pre-production and stuff, you went in with... Well, pretty well nothing for this album, and and came out ten days later with a uh, a brand spanking new album. Well, that's always been kind of the way that we work. That's how the band started. Was we Dan and I always have had fun, um, you know, going into uh, our basements with a four track cassette recorder and, and making something from scratch. And uh, it's, it hasn't really changed, you know. So. Um, you know, for this record, we did what we usually do, and just we went down to the studio and uh, plugged in and started jamming. And when we, you know, came across some ideas we liked, we compiled those and and uh, finished them, and that was it. It, it took about six weeks um, of on on again, off again work to to get there, but uh, that's that's just kind of how we always have worked. There's been one instance. It was when we did the record Brothers, where we we literally went into the studio with with nothing, but we finished the whole record in 11 days straight <laughs> from writing to recording. Unreal. And uh, I, we work a little slower. <laughs> it must give you so much freedom to, uh, I mean, to have done it like you, as you say, you've, you went into a basement when you did your first record and you, you continue to, you know, to just knock it out where it comes along. It must be a, a real freeing thing that you, you you weren't constrained by those record company expectations and stuff from an early, for early on. I mean, there were not, there were no expectations early on. And I think we wish there were some expectations. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then, you know, when we finally kind of, broke through on our record brothers you know there were there was a, there was a moment when we were making our um our record turn blue where we did the whole go to la and we recorded at sunset sound uh we did that whole thing um and it was fun i'm glad we did it but it wasn't really for us we ended up getting distracted easily out there and falling into the same kind of ruts that bands can when they go to la or new york <laughs> to make a record so We've uh, we've just, I guess we work best when we're at home. Sure, I mean, and obviously you and Dan, you've been mates since you were eight or nine years old, um, and you've been through your ups and downs. But um, I guess that friendship bond is what makes the music um, come together so well. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time, um, over thirty years, and we we've been in the band together for twenty. And uh, I have to say that after you know, there's a time like around two thousand. 16, 17, where we really, we didn't really even text that much. We didn't really hang out at all. We just took some time apart, and then we came back together to make Let's Rock in 2018. And um, ever since that break and us getting back 
uh, things moving again. Our relationship's been better than ever. And this record was so much fun to make, um, especially after a year of like lockdown. Mm. We, uh, you know, we, we got vaxxed and got into the studio and, um, you know, it was like kind of coming out of a uh, hiding and to get to, you know, hang out with Dan every day. We, uh, we really bonded this summer, this past summer making the record and, uh, I think it's one of our best records. Really good. Fantastic. And people forget that. I mean, obviously, people see bands and, you know, the relationships turn sour and stuff like that. But it's those personal relationships that make the uh, make the music more um, satisfying, I, I think. It's not easy to be in a band, you know. It's uh, it's much easier to, to be able to tell everybody to screw themselves <laughs> and do your own thing. But, yeah, I do, I do think that there's something magical about bands. I've always been most interested in bands versus solo artists, uh, whether it be the Beatles, the Clash, television. There's just, there's just something, uh, you know, a band is greater than some of its parts and uh, there's a mystique with the whole thing. And it's cool. It's like being in a little gang. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I- you know, it's cool. Like, you know, they, we've spent a lot of time together and we've gone through our ups and downs, as you said, but, you know, uh, I think... We both have always recognized like the importance of of our relationship, and I, I think that we've known like when we didn't work for a while in 2016 and 17, it was it was a good time for us to go do other things, and um, it wasn't like a play. We weren't like resentful of each other. We were out there doing, you know. I, I started a family, and Dan, uh, you know, produced a bunch of records and started the label and it was all good and um, hopefully uh, hopefully there's you know even more records to come this record is called Dropout Boogie or Boogie um, and I guess if you're looking for someone to collaborate on a boogie record you don't get much better than Billy Gibbons do you? He's kind of the guy uh, <laughs> we had him come he was in Nashville when we were making the record and we uh, we reached out we, we've known him, um, you know, for, I guess he first came to one of our shows in 2004. Right. You know, we kind of known him for a while. We reached out. He, he stopped by the studio and we jammed for an hour. And from that one hour jam, we ended up with a song that's on the record called Good Love and two other songs that we never finished, but they're there. We could go, we could, we could finish them. We had a bunch of ideas that just... From a, you know, that was just right there. It was crazy because you always hear about Billy Gibbons, and, you know, like just this. People talk about how he has this very particular sound due to the strings he uses and the amps and the guitar. But I watched him just pick up a random guitar at dance studio and plug it in, and it sounded exactly like you. <laughs> it's in his hands. So it's, kind of, it's just it's amazing to see like you know that type of musician where the whole sound is in his unique like technique. You know, it's just it's singular to the guy. Excellent, mate. That's unreal. Now you're about to uh, embark on a, a 30 do, thirty-two date tour around the states, and when you do that touring, you you grab a couple of extra guys to uh, to fill out the sound on stage. Um, do you always grab the same guys? Um, we toured for a while with the same guys, like, uh, but we we kind of mix it up. Right. Um, lately. Since 2019, we're playing with uh, these two brothers, Zach and Andy Gabart, who had a band called V-Shams. 
mm-hmm. and uh, they actually played with us uh, our fourth or fifth show ever. That band opened, or I don't. There was no opening. We just played the same bill. So uh, we've known those guys for since we started, and so they're on the road with us. And this time we're taking out Kenny Brown and Eric Eaton, who um, both played uh, with Junior Kimbrough okay. and Al Burnside, and uh, they recorded Delta Cream with us. They're going to come out and do some shows with us. And the dates are all North American, but we're going to do international stuff uh, next year. It was just really hard to, to plan and book that with COVID lingering. Mm. Um, we didn't want to get, get into a situation of canceling a bunch of dates again. So I think it looks like, you know, knock on wood, uh, things are opening back up internationally. So yeah, I mean, to get out there. We haven't toured. We, have, we haven't played Australia in 10 years. It's uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's obviously different going to Europe, um, being a much closer place. But it be- becomes a whole massive undertaking when you're coming to the other side of the world, doesn't it? Especially when it's a two week mandatory, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever. My fr- my friends, uh, I have a bunch of Australian friends. One of them, his father got really sick. He had to go home, and it was yeah, it was like very intense. Now you're coming. You're coming up to 21 years of age <laughs> as a band. Um, do you celebrate milestones yeah. like that? Do you kind of, uh, you know, an, another feather in your cap that you've been able to create music, uh, get a massive legion of fans, and still kind of and still very relevant. I do, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm always fixated on that kind of stuff. But yeah. it's like I might have like some sort of mild Aspergers or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, that's why like, our release date for this record is May. 13th, one day shy of uh, the 20th anniversary of our first album. But awesome. yeah, I think it's impressive, you know, I mean, I remember when we first started the band, obviously, we got to like our second record and, you know, at that point being like, okay, uh, how long is this going to last? Like, okay, well, like, let's see, the most famous band of all time, like the Beatles lasted like seven mm. years, so maybe we got, se- maybe we could do seven. Led Zeppelin have like 12 years or something, but um yeah, we've lasted longer than both those bands combined at this point. I, I wish our our material was equal to <laughs> to that in quality, but I'll take the time time's fine. We beat them in the time game. Sure, and I, I do remember there's an, a great footage of uh, Mick Jagger being interviewed very early on in the Rolling Stones, and. Yeah. Uh, the pompous kind of guy goes, so how long do you think this could possibly go on, this band? And Mick goes, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. We've been playing Wild Child and getting uh, great feedback on this show about it and can't wait to hear Amazing. the album drop out the boogie in all its uh, glory, mate, and thanks for your time. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Pat. Thanks, mate.